is an Odyssey original. This is KNX In-Depth. I'm Rob Archer. And I'm Chris Seaton, sitting in today for Charles Feldman, a powerful mercenary leader who crossed Vladimir Putin might now be dead. We say might. We go in-depth into what uh, could, what it could mean for the war in Ukraine. And our Hollywood studios trying to divide and conquer. We'll take a look at their latest move. Also, music runs in the family for a band here in L.A. Uh, father, son, daughter, all making beautiful music together. And they're going to be here with us in studio. We start, though, with uh, the plane crash in Russia that may have killed, may have killed Wagner, a leader of Guinea. Prigozhin. Robert English, Director of Central European Studies at USC. He's an expert in Russian uh, politics. Uh, Robert, thanks you for, for joining us. Given what happened with Prigozhin's short-lived rebellion, uh, is the world wrong to assume that this might not be an accident? No, the world is not wrong. I'm 99% sure, even without direct evidence, that the plane was shot down. It's just far too coincidental, coincidental an accident taking out Prigozhin and his top lieutenants, his top aides in one stroke, basically the leader of the mutiny against Putin and all those who helped him. Uh, that's pretty far-fetched to be a mere accident. Well, you know, they say revenge is a dish best served cold, and I'm not smart. I think that means you wait a little while, but some people are surprised that uh, it didn't happen sooner, that Prigozhin didn't accidentally fall out of a window after accidentally shooting himself in the head three or four times and accidentally ingesting radioactive poison after he hit the ground. Uh, are we surprised that it took this long? You just described the prolonged death of Rasputin <laughs> yeah. way back at the time of the Russian Revolution. Um, um, I don't know. It, it, this is a dish being served not quite ice cold, but getting pretty cool. It is two months to the day right now since the, uh, you know, failed rebellion, the mutiny against Putin. And um, we saw some preparation for this, right? We saw, of course, that he was basically exiled to Belarus and lost power. We also saw a campaign and a criminal you know, case against him a campaign in the media, which exposed him as, you know, a criminal, um, someone who stole from the state, who acquired millions, even billions in assets illegally, and that was also a degenerate to boot. So they were out destroying his reputation, paving the way now for his essentially execution, which probably goes down a little easier since he's been blackened in the public eye. If, in fact, Prigozhin is dead, uh, how will this impact the mercenary group Wagner? Is there a number two in line who's set to take over? Yes, there are other top deputies who've already been slotted into the real command positions. Wagner remains active in Africa, but Prigozhin isn't there. So he's sort of the honorary head, sort of the CEO. But field commanders have taken over and continue to work. So Wagner will continue to you know, perform these kind of mercenary services in the interests of Russia in you know, Mali, Niger, Central African Republic. Um, and since Wagner had left Ukraine anyway, we don't expect there to be any, certainly no immediate impact on the fighting in Ukraine, and maybe none at all. Wagner had been sidelined. Um. I don't know much about Prigozhin, the man. Uh, maybe you know uh, more. Uh, was he a smart guy? And the reason I ask that question is uh, he had to have known 
that he was going to be a target, as so many people who have embarrassed or tried to go against Putin have found out to uh, to their demise. Um, why didn't he take better precautions as staying out of the way? Or, or conversely, did he get out of the way, and is he not dead? I think he's dead simply because literally moments ago, we heard confirmation from a pro-Wagner uh, group, the Gray Zone, which runs a telegram channel, a very pro-war right-wing militarist group of Wagner deputies, Wagner veterans, and they're reporting that he's dead. And they're also denouncing traitors to Russia for having done this. Of course, that's pointing the finger right back at Putin. Um, that would seem to be pretty sure confirmation that he is dead. There were 10 people on the manifest, and they've now found 10 bodies. But of course, they're too badly damaged to immediately identify. As to the first part of your question, well, maybe there were earlier attempts. Maybe there was some bad soup that he decided not to eat. Maybe <laughs> there was a near auto accident. This could mm. be the third or fourth effort. And perhaps it was so bald-faced that even Prigozhin, right, a professional killer, wouldn't think that the regime would go so far as to use an anti-aircraft missile against uh, a civilian jet, a private civilian jet, in the middle of Russia. Mm. And yet it appears that they did. Or maybe there was a bomb planted, but the thing was tumbling out of the sky with one wing missing. We've seen the video, at least I've seen it. It was, again, posted to a Russian channel. Just civilians in the area um, took cell phone video, and that doesn't look like a normal plane accident. Right. And perhaps posted as a uh, warning to anyone else. Robert right. English, thank you so much, uh, Director of Central European Studies at USC. Right now, though, the group representing the Hollywood Studios put out a statement, a statement explaining their latest offer to the Writers Guild. Uh, this as the strike, the writers' strike, is now into its 114th day. Michael Schneider, a Variety's TV editor, joining us now on In-Depth. Michael, first of all, what did the studios propose, and how is the WGA responding? <laughs> Uh, well, you know, the, the studios for the first time have a, uh, a compromise to some degree. Uh, you know, there are elements there that the writers have been asked for, including a bit more transparency in terms of uh, numbers, ratings, how many people are watching streaming shows. And there's some movement on uh, staffing minimums uh, for writing staffs. But uh, on the other hand, the WGA is saying this is not going far enough, that, that this is just talk and, and that they need to see more action and, and more addressing of some of the issues that uh, they're striking over. Are there rumblings uh, inside uh, the writers union and not just the writers, but also the actors of some people, maybe at the uh, fringes, maybe at the lower levels of uh, the money that they make saying that, hey, you know what, guys, uh, settle, take the deal. Let's get back to work. And if so, are the studios really hoping to capitalize on that? Uh, you're not seeing, uh, you know, much in terms of, uh, you know, there's a lot of solidarity right now. You see both with the Writers Guild and, and the Screen Actors Guild, SAG after strike. I don't hear anyone saying settle just yet, but everyone is saying keep going, keep negotiating. Uh, let's 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 find a way to, uh, you know, come up with a deal. Uh, everyone wants a deal. Uh, but uh, I think the feeling still within the guilds is that uh, the uh, proposal at the WGA, uh, keep in mind SAG-AFTRA hasn't gone back to the table with uh, the AMPTP just yet, but at least at the WGA, uh, the fact that they are continuing to talk is a good sign, but the feeling is this deal doesn't go far enough. Uh, people are exhausted. They are ready for a deal, uh, but they want to make the right deal. Why release the details of, of their proposal to the Hollywood writers? What are the studios looking to accomplish by doing that? 
Well, yeah, the, the studios absolutely are hoping that uh, by putting out their terms that there, there will be uh, some, some friction within the guild and that there will be a movement to settle and, and that, uh, you know, may, maybe by putting this out that there will be a, a portion of the, the Writers Guild that says this is what they're offering now. This is good. Let's, let's get back to work. Uh, now, will that work? I guess we'll find out in the coming days, but but obviously that that's the feeling is okay. They put out their deal now. They're hoping that maybe there'll be a portion of the Writers Guild membership that will say this is good. Let's take it. Let's move on. Uh, speaking of releasing details and proposals, I thought there was supposed to be a news blackout. What happened? <laughs> you know, news blackouts are are they they work until they don't work anymore, uh, and the news blackouts will never last forever. And and so when you're negotiating. Uh, you use a news blackout until you feel like there's an opportunity to uh, leak out some. And so now both sides have put out uh, statements and information. So we'll see if the blackout comes back or if this is the end of the blackout. As the strikes, both of them continue to wear on. As somebody who follows this as closely as you do, what's your feeling right now? And again, we mentioned 114 days into the writer's strike. Um, as somebody who follows this so closely, are you pessimistic or optimistic? Uh, you know, it's it's hard to be optimistic right now because you, you don't want to get too optimistic and then be disappointed. There have been moments the past couple of weeks where uh, things seem to be heading in the right direction. The, just the fact that they were talking again uh, after not talking for 100 days was a big deal. Uh, but you can't get too optimistic just yet. Uh, you know, the, the hope is that maybe as the fall approaches, kids are back in school, people are itching to get back to work, that that'll be the impetus for both sides to just sit down and lock the door and not leave the room until a deal is made. That's what I think everyone wants to see. But eh, we're not quite there yet. Um, one last question. Uh, are the writers, the actors and the studios cognizant of as the strikes drag on and everyone, not just in peripheral businesses, but all the rest of us begin to feel the economic effects of what it's doing to the local economy, uh, might begin to turn against whoever is responsible for keeping the strike going. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to then who's responsible for keeping the strike going and both sides will point the finger at each other. So it's it's sort of hard to make the blame game. But I think all sides are cognizant of the fact that this is crippling the economy. That's impacting the people who are not directly involved in the strike, including the craftspeople, the artisans who make these TV shows who aren't on strike, but who are impacted by uh, the shutdown of Hollywood. And then, of course, Los Angeles in general also impacted the businesses. So I think everyone's aware of that. And, and I think especially after the Labor Day holiday, when people are looking at the fall and, and still not working, it's going to start to really uh, reverberate in this community. Yeah. And, you know, I got to wait two years to get the resolution of the cliffhanger on Star Trek Strange New Worlds. <laughs> well, and, and TV, sad. yeah, t- TV is starting to really fall apart, <laughs> yeah. too. So, yeah. yeah. So All right. We'll see. Thank you so much, Michael Snyder, Variety's TV editor. Coming up, would you rock out with your dad? Or brother or sister? No. I don't know. (laughs) My dad, maybe. (laughs) Maybe, okay. One local band is doing just that. People are really digging their style. Uh, They'll be with us in studio to chat about it. And right now, though, the uh, CDC and the World Health Organization both say they are tracking a new COVID variant. COVID still here. Uh, This comes as some health experts say maybe it's time for certain groups of people to start wearing masks again. 
Dr. Jeffrey Klausner is an epidemiologist at USC Keck School of Medicine. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Glad to be here. So uh, how close are we to uh, maybe needing masks again? Well, the important thing to know is that this uh, new um, variant is actually a sub-variant. So it's really, it's still Omicron, this BA286. Uh, so it's not a new variant. And, and we're going to expect new variants or subvariants on an ongoing basis. Um, masks um, are, you know, recommended for people who are particularly uh, vulnerable, who are not vaccinated, who um, ha- could have severe consequences. But you know, general mask use for the larger population and mask use as a prevention strategy was really hard to prove that it made a big difference. And, you know, I don't think we're going to be going back to routine mask use um, anytime very soon. How worried should we be about this new variant? Well, you know, 99% of people have either have some type of immunity. So they have immunity because they've recovered from infection or they've been vaccinated. And we know that people, uh, because they have immunity, are at much lower risk for severe infection, hospitalization, being in in the ICU or or dying. So immunity is very protective. Um, it doesn't mean that someone's not going to get a cold or some mild symptoms um, from having the infection. So in general, people should not be very worried. And yeah, uh, th- and this is the thing about we we already are are talking about masks here. Maybe masking up again. And I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of resistance to that idea. And let's just suppose, and this at least right now it's not the case, let's suppose we get a, a COVID variant or a subvariant that is a bit more dangerous. And then there's this built-in resistance to, oh, we have to wear masks again? No. Uh, is that a concern? Well, yeah. I mean, they're, they're the concern that, you know, the, the larger population will be resistant to mask use. I mean, again, the the data on the effectiveness of of mask use is either, you know, very thin or, you know, doesn't substantiate that it was really important in preventing the spread of infection in the larger population. But on an individual basis, you know, people who are elderly, people who are immune compromised, people are being, you know, treated for conditions like uh, cancer, um, on, you know, steroids or our transplant patients getting immunosuppressive medications. Those are the people we should be concerned about who might want to protect themselves um, when they're going to be indoors in a crowded situation and wear a mask. But in general, mask use as a prevention strategy, um, we're probably not going to see because it's just not effective. Dr. Klausner, are we seeing a noticeable spike in COVID cases here in L.A.? And further to that, is that in turn translating into more concerns for our local hospitals? Well, we we are definitely seeing an increase in positivity, and we're also seeing an increase in uh, the number of reported cases. There has been an uptake uptick in hospitalizations, but not any increase in you know people with uh, severe COVID pneumonia or ending up in the ICU. So we've known for a long time, as there are more virus that circulates, anyone who's admitted to the hospital uh, may be tested, and then there's just going to be more people admitted to the hospital who test positive. Again, not you know for COVID, but uh, with COVID. So right now, um, you know, our capacity uh, is excellent, and we don't really anticipate. Uh, in the short term, have any problems with hospital capacity. 
Uh, one more quick question before we run out of time. Uh, I'm I'm a cynical guy. Uh, and so when I say we're never going to be done with COVID, are we? Uh, you can understand the question. Yeah. So, I mean, COVID is now what we consider endemic, right? So there's four other coronaviruses that have caused colds in humans for thousands, if not tens of thousands of years. So now we have a fifth coronavirus, uh, cold virus, which will cause, you know, colds and sore throats and fevers in most of us and people who are, you know, immune compromised or particularly elderly, um, it can cause uh, pneumonia, a more severe disease. So COVID uh, is not going to go away, but COVID in terms of the pandemic COVID and the big fear and shutdowns, um, I don't see that repeating itself, no. All right, doctor, thank you for excusing me for being dark and cynical. I appreciate it. Uh, Dr. Jeffrey Klausner, an epidemiologist at the USC Keck School of Medicine. You're listening to KNX In-Depth along with Rob Archer. I'm Chris Seedens in for Charles Feldman today. You know, usually uh, there's a divide between generations when it comes to music. You know, you, you kids don't like the music you like. <laughs> uh, you're, not, you're not so uh, hot on the music that your parents or grandparents like. But maybe you remember telling your parents you don't like what they listen to. And they were very quick to turn around and tell you the same thing. There is no musical divide, though, when it comes to the Guzman Sanchez family and their L.A.-based band, Rhythm Tribe. Started by Thomas Guzman Sanchez, now includes his son Mason, daughter uh, Brissa. Uh, Thomas and Mason are with us now, along with band members uh, Louis and Karthik. Uh, welcome into the studio. Uh, we, we've got some instruments as well. First of all, before we get yeah, into Yeah, this is going to be live music before we're done. I'm just warning people, stay tuned, stay for, tuned that. for that. What roles do you guys play in the band? Uh, hi, this is Mason. Uh, so I am uh, guitar and as well as uh, occasional lead vocals, mainly some background vocals to boost my sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have here uh, my dad, Tomas. Hello. Good pass for your brother, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is our lead guitarist and helps out on uh, vocals as well. And then uh, also we have uh, Senor Louis Pereira. Go on to introduce yourself, my buddy. Hello, yeah, Louis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, before we continue, let's uh, give the audience a kind of a sample of uh, what your band sounds like in the studio. This is a, uh, a clip from the song. It's called "Like Poison." Let's check it out. There's something wrong with me. I just don't know when I fall asleep. So uh, that is how the band Rhythm Tribe sounds. And, uh, you know, I'm going to be real snarky and say, hey, it's great if you like that kind of stuff. But I do like that kind of stuff. And it sounds very good. It's very smooth. And there are some flavors going on in your music. Tell us a little bit about what elements, what what flavors, what, what scents and sounds go into the music that you make. So we definitely start with kind of a Latin foundation to it. I mean, we uh, go by Latino Soul Fusion, Acid Latin for our genre style. And then we'll incorporate R&B, funk, blues, rock, whatever other uh, stylings that might inspire us. So, you know, just to keep it spicy for y'all. Keep it spicy. And we got a good good guy, uh, Karthik Suresh on bass that just tears it up. Say hi. What's up? What's up? Karthik on bass. <laughs> yeah. Now, now this is so usual uh, for a, a band. The guy who plays bass is in the back. 
<laughs> Why is that? Why is he way back over there? <laughs> I stick to the back because I know where my corner's at. Yeah. Very good. I just like having my hidey hole and I'm good to go. <laughs> of course, we've got a bass player here at KNX as oh. well, too. Uh, Jennifer York. Okay. Oh, okay. Yes, very Let's famous on the bass. Uh, Thomas, you started Rhythm Tribe a while back. Explain how the band started and evolved into what it is today. Well, um... We had uh, been a recording act uh, coming through the 90s, but then I stopped in 92 and had a family, and I just became dad. Well, six years ago, um, my, my, my son and my daughter, um, we decided to do a, a, a recording together just to have it, and it turned into uh, um, number 28 on Billboard. We were completely shocked, and we realized that this is a viable um, a direction, a, a musical creation. And since it pulled together, uh, we're at 149 in the top 200 in Billboard, and we've brought in, uh, you know, Karthik and uh, Louis uh, to fill out the group to uh, a solid five, and we're in the studio now with uh, doing this a third album. So it just started as kind of a jam session. Just, yeah. Let's get together, let's just jam, have some fun, and... In a sense, yeah, honestly. And uh, at the time, we had our uh, our dear friend uh, Isao Garcia uh, as our uh, first generation uh, drummer, and he was an amazing artist. He's had to since uh, sit out due to uh, injury, so you know, hoping for a speedy recovery that he can come back and join us very soon. Uh, All right. And it's just been an amazing journey since. Uh, we're in the studio on In Depth today with a band uh, called Rhythm Tribe, and uh, we are going to take a quick break here in a minute because when we come back, uh, you guys are going to actually play in the studio, and that's going to be cool. But but be cool. But before we do that, I have to let you know, honestly, I was very happy when I was informed that we're going to have a musical group in the studio because I'm a music nerd. Oh, right? okay. <laughs> I, I, I dabble in music. I'm a hobbyist. I make music and record it at home, you know, with the with the glories of now with the, what you can do with your Apple computer Technology. and your Logic Pro yeah. and everything. So I do some recording. I don't know a lot of music theory, but I know enough to know when something is cool. And there's a song you guys do called Good Night, and there's a chord in there. There are some amazing things going on in that chord. And I just want to say, you know, that's awesome. Oh, I don't know exactly what you're doing in that chord, but I knew you were doing something cool. Oh, it's okay. Me neither, man. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> just came about. The, best, the best music is that way. I don't know what I'm doing, but I know I'm doing something cool. Sounds good. All right. Uh, we're going to be back with the Rhythm Tribe. They are going to play for us in the studio next on KNX In Depth. We're back with the L.A.-based band Rhythm Tribe. Oh, they're good. Thomas Guzman Sanchez, his son Mason, along with uh, Louis and Karthik. In studio with us, and, instruments. Yeah, and you know, I, I'm trying to think back. I I've been at KNX since 2015. I don't know if we've ever had a live band playing on KNX in depth before. I'm going to have our oh, KNX historian check into that. But I don't. <laughs> I don't think this is ever. So you Might are listening a to a uh, a first. We're going to have Rhythm Tribe in the studio. Say hi, guys. Hi. Hello. What's All going right. on? They they spent the last commercial break uh, tuning up. And uh, they are now fully in tune, uh, spiritually, mentally, physically, and musically. 
and they're going to play a song for us. Guys, uh, what song are you going to play? Uh, just for you, we're playing Goodnight. Oh, the song that I mentioned in the yep. last uh, segment. I said exactly. I, like, I like the uh, open chord. And and <laughs> I got to say, you are a musician just like me because you showed me the chord. He says, I don't know what chord this is, but this is what I'm playing. <laughs> and I said, I'm exactly the same way. This this is the chord I'm playing. I don't know what it is, but it sounds good. Exactly. All right, uh, here is Rhythm Tribe live in the studio on KNX in depth. Next in depth, love the chord that we don't know what it is. Yeah, that's that's my favorite thing about the song. All right, let's uh, let's get some important stuff out of the way. Uh, albums, you guys have them. Where can we get them? And can people see you play somewhere? Yes. So we currently have two albums out. Our first album, Generations, and our second album, Next Level. Both are available for purchase uh, on our site, uh, DanceMaster.com. Uh, that is our distribution platform. Uh, and then as uh, we have a third one in process. As for our next show, we are eyeing uh, October. So please stay tuned. You can follow us on Instagram at Rhythm Tribe Official. 
uh, also on Facebook, Rhythm Tribe. We have uh, YouTube where you can find all of our music videos. And please go on, enjoy them. You will also find Good Night as one of them, too. <laughs> That's what I watch, yeah. yeah. Right. There you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah, so that one, very simple. Rhythm Tribe, pretty straightforward. But, would, yeah. would you guys uh, be open to, uh, since it's a, this is a family thing, uh, doing a TV show and uh, maybe redoing uh, Partridge Family? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. You never know. Yeah, that would be it. As long as I get to drive the bus. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> get to drive the bus. Chris Eden's our uh, resident Canadian type person. Mm-hmm. Uh, with your Canadian musical taste, what did you think? I loved it. It was very good. I absolutely I yeah. loved it. I was listening a little bit at home uh, uh, yesterday. Had uh, had some of the uh, the YouTube uh, videos sent to me. Wonderful, just oh, beautiful. Thank you so much. And, and, and one song, your sister has ADHD. I understand. Yes, yes, and, she does. And one song, she actually talks about that. And we we need a fairly quick answer. We're getting tight on time here, but tell oh, me a little bit about that. So yeah, so it's going to be on our next album. It's okay. called uh, "I Just Smoked," and it is uh, her uh, kind of like going through ways of kind of like self medicating uh, as. Everyone most do nowadays with uh, some uh, some very special plants, <laughs> and uh, but it really is just her like how she's able to express herself in that journey and just the way the mind works in these in all these different ranges and yeah. artistic aspects and it's really just captivating song and I'm I'm a little excited for y'all to hear that one when Wonderful. that comes out. Wonderful. We're going to look forward to it. Thank you so much. Uh, the band Rhythm Tribe, uh, Thomas Guzman Sanchez, Sun Mason, Louis Pereira, and Karthik Suresh. Thank you so much for coming on and doing a first for us here on KNX In Depth for playing live in the studio. We do appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And uh, when you guys get K-Nex really, sessions. really, really big and you yeah. win the Grammys, yeah. please say thanks, KNX. Oh, of course. most definitely. <laughs> most definitely. We got you. We got you. We'll be uh, listening for it. Right. <laughs> That's it for uh, KNX and Death. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 p.m.